up this is Ricketti and I'm listening to the Neo Soul Show powered by X to the L dot com. I felt this way before 
my pacer and she ain't called back yet.
Hey, all my soul searchers out there. It's your favorite sister girl next door, K-Soul. And I'm listening to the Neo Soul Show on X2TheL.com. Peace. Have you ever had someone smiling all in your face? You still know the story of morning. Sneaky, deceptive ways. Ain't got time for that. Only 24 hours a day. Be the same focus, so you better focus. Ain't got time to play. Rich in ambition, oh, my, 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 my. Catch me if you can.
I go by the name T. Mitch, and I am one half of the dynamic duo of Soulgasm. And you're listening to the Neo Soul Show, powered by XCVL.com. DJ Sienna Chanel. Like a end Compton Check it, check it, check it out The loop for the loop More bounce to the out And wow, how now, wow, how now, brow cow Well, ill to the skill gets down For the flex, next It's a textbook old to the new But the rest are doo-doo From radio to the video To Arsenio, tell me Yo, what's the scenario? I got 
got the power to make a car stop. I get some drinks from Glacken. And when the crowd slackens, I stop drinking. And then I start thinking about days in the past when Derek X was last. But now I'm on the top damn news. I was fast with some like that. They can't see this. Read my book, kid. It takes many pieces of verses. I took the time to delete all the curses. So mom, reach deep in your purses. And mommy, take me home and try me and do me well. DJ Sienna Chanel.
anyway. Your granddaddy is here to spread cheer. Something nice and smooth with my tongue in your ear. Give me a snack, some salt and pepper on a burger. Ice cream cheese, or if you prefer the taste the honey kid right in my Capri. That's the joint. They got the real clear CD. She said stars couldn't get me in a car. I don't know what type of man you are. You might know karate. Do me and get away. I got a glimpse of your license plate. N.W.A. Pink cookies in a plastic bag. Getting crushed by pills. Pink cookies in a plastic bag. Getting crushed by pills. Pink cookies in a plastic bag. Getting crushed by pills. Crazy. You was the one feeling to go out there. 
You know, man, you got to do what you got to do, man. I want to make sure that when people see my face and they tell them I'm associated with the law, they're not asking me what charges I got. Yeah. No, that's understandable, man. It's a lot. How's everything going down there, though? I mean, you know, as far as school itself, it's hard. Um, anybody tell you that law school is not hard is stupid. Um, it's getting harder. <laughs> it's very cold. One good thing, though, is that everyone is very polite. Everyone is very nice. And my condo is insulated. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good up here. Well, there you go. I do miss Jersey, though, man. I will be stopping by. Uh, I know you do, I'm man. I'm going to say mid-New Jersey before Thanksgiving, of course. I got to come home and get some eat, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Are, are you, hopefully, you'll, you'll be around for Thanksgiving. No, I will, man. You know, I will we gotta, you know what we got to talk about tonight. You know what we got to talk about. You might as well go ahead. You know we got to talk about Louisville. We do have to talk about Louisville. And the scandal that's rocking the country with this woman telling us that she was pimping out her daughters. <laughs> and that Pacino didn't know anything about it. That blows my mind that this dude Come on, was trying insane. to say he was not aware that his daughter yeah, he knew about it. this was going on. I'm going to say I think he knew about it. That's what I'm going to say. I just, at some point, I think somebody needs to, and I don't know who it needs to be, the NCAA or schools themselves or athletic directors, I don't know who. Somebody has got to step in and and retake control of these schools and these programs and, and stop letting these athletic programs control the school. I get you want scholarships and you want all these other things and you know, to help bring kids in, but not at the expense of, like, this is ridiculous. I tell you what, man. Absolutely ridiculous. That woman and her daughter sure were thick. (laughs) 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 Am I lying? Not with you. You are never lying, but I just... (laughs) You, you 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 tell some truths. I just wish you would wait until after like a song is playing. No, my fault, man. <laughs> oh my god, man, you crazy! Like like, what do you think? Like they were sitting down somewhere. They thought that they thought this out. Well, this woman had a plan from the jump. I mean, even going on, she was keeping a detailed journal because she knew that the day would come that she was going to make money telling that story. And but why Louisville? Like, and I, I'll be I'll be honest, I don't have all the information because of my hectic schedule. Like, but are they mm-hmm. from Louisville? Like, did they choose that school? Like, how'd that work out? <laughs> uh, apparently, there was a guy on the payroll, a brother, and he, you know, he he took care of it. Recruits were getting it in, and their dads that were bringing them to visit were getting it in. It's a mess down there, bro. Oh my God, that's that's even worse than that old Duke lacrosse situation. Oh, it's much worse because if you're the, the wife and you're seeing this scandal on TV, you're like, wait a minute, was he getting something? Yeah, right? Wow. That's amazing. I mean, it, it just gives you a whole new meaning to, you know, college trip. <laughs> Man, 
Apparently, between 2010 and 2014, Louisville was the place to be. It must have been. Maybe that's why they was making the uh, the Final Four <laughs> consistently. They did used to act. They used to ask Rutino all the time, man. Like, how did you keep your kids at Louisville for four years, or everybody else was one and done? Yeah, you know. Well, enough of that. I, I hear we got the chancellor on tonight. Yeah, man, the Chancellor of Soul is back um, on the way on the Neil Soul show. I made sure to you know make sure that that happened because we know how much Q Man loves the Chancellor. So we got the Chancellor back tonight. We're gonna be spotlighting Wilson Pickett. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So you playing some music, man? Because it's a crazy world we live in, T-Bench. Yes, sir. So what I'm gonna do? Uh, get well, before we get into any music, uh, uh, we were talking about sports, and I do hope that people. You know, see what's going on, especially if you're affected by what's going on in the Louisville area with um, mm-hmm. the sports scandal. Uh, also, uh, just wanted to talk about the fantasy sports real quick. Uh, Q Man's team is a uh, five and one, and in first place. And I just wanted to point out that I said a couple of weeks ago that even though I was one and two, I was still in it, and that was a three-game winning streak. I am four and two, and in fourth place, and the Q Man and T Mitch are facing off in fantasy football next week. Yeah, it is. So that's what it's going to be. I just wanted to talk about that briefly. Just bring that up. Um, I also want to, you know, welcome all of our, welcome everybody to the Lions Den. For anybody that missed the Empire episode, it was an absolutely great episode. I don't like saying that every week. Every week is not a great episode. But this was a good episode, and I guess the message that I want to leave everybody with is, um, yeah, I was saying clean if your closet is dirty. So, yeah, anything you want to confess to some friends or family members, you know, in order to move on with the rest of your life, go ahead and get that stuff out. There's nothing like a, a elbow, a tibia, or a fibia falling out of a closet. That's a skeleton for, for those of y'all that didn't pay attention to health class. Uh... Again, great show that we have coming up tonight. And just to ensure that we are ready to go when the Chancellor of Soul uh, pops his head in, we are going to get into a little bit of music. Um, as always, we do the Wednesday Rewind. Or for anyone who is not familiar with the Wednesday Rewind, um, the Chancellor of Soul, Mike Bone, comes on to the show. And he, he gives us a background on a classic artist or group from the 60s to the 70s. It's very important as, you know, Q and I like to bring you new music and we like to bring you independent artists and R&B and Neo Soul that we we remember our roots, we remember our history, and we remember where, where this music comes from. And in order to do that, sometimes we have to take a step back and look at those, those artists that came before us, those artists that created and put out the music that most people are unaware of and don't give credit to. So Mike Moon does us a great service every third Wednesday of the month. The Wednesday Rewind, you've heard Q and myself take our stabs at it. Uh, but the, the originator is back. So Mike is going to be live on the air. And again, we're spotlighting Wilson Pickett. We have a mix in the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer that we are going to get into. And when we return, Q Man, myself, we're going to be joined live by the one, the only, 
Chancellor of Soul, Mr. Mike Bones, the Neo Soul Show. We'll be right back.
absolute favorite. I don't even want to say guest because guest would imply that this is not a second, third, or fourth home for this man. And we hope that he feels that it is. But absolutely ecstatic to have the chance, little soul, Mike Boom, back on the show. I'm kind of, I'm kind of stalling a little bit. I'm kind of hoping that Q can work out what's going on with his bike because. For those of you that rock with us and love the Neo Social on the Wednesday Rewind, you know that Q looks forward to this. Um, but for those of you that don't know, uh, the Wednesday Rewind is uh, something that we do. <laughs> okay, we got to work out. It's something that we do on this show because uh, we wanted to make sure, um, and not even just us, but as well, we shout out to XCL, or should I say, next to the L.com, um, but wanting to take a chance to, to 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 speak about the history of music and, and make sure that these artists do not get lost in the annals of history. Um, there's a lot of music out today, and a lot of credit is um, given to the artists that you see on television, the mainstream artists that you see receiving awards, and a lot of times the credit does not go to the artist that is um, deserving of the credit. Mm-hmm. And, also, and, some, and sometimes if we don't go the credit route, just the foundation that gets led. Just every time we play a mix of an artist or group that the Chancellor is spotlighting, we hear something that I know my generation thinks that someone else created. Right on. And, and to know to know where that music comes from, to truly appreciate these these musical geniuses that we don't give credit to is absolutely amazing thing. And God has not put a better person on this planet mm. to teach the rest of us and make sure that we can we, we we remember and we never forget and now that Q is back on air mm-hmm. I just want everybody to hear your excitement because you know <laughs> I don't know if Mike knows and I want to wait till we bring him on to tell him this so before I say that you ready man what's that I said I'm gonna say something I don't know if Mike is aware of you know what we attempted to do in his in his stay but I want to oh. bring him on before we talk about it you ready to bring him on man <laughs> yeah man so once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Wednesday Rewind. I I call the name T Mitch. He's the Q man, and we are absolutely ecstatic. So without further ado, uh, let me introduce to some and reintroduce to others for the first time in the fall season. The one, the only, the Chancellor of Soul, Mr. Mike Boom. Good evening. Good evening. How are you, gentlemen? About time you're back, man. <laughs> it's good to be back, man. Thanks for having me back. Of course, definitely, man. man definitely. How was the uh, summer? I, I, uh, summer was great. Summer was busy. It was good. It was, yeah. it was busy but good. <laughs> yeah, it went so quick, man. I can't believe this is October already. I remember the last show we did, you know, I think it was back in what, April or May or something like that? And yeah, back here we in are in October time. again, you know. So the the seasons have uh, dissolved very quickly, and you know, yeah, they uh, do. You know, but well, let me tell you, we uh, we we kept our word, and for the first couple of months, we uh, we played back um, some of the previous Wednesday rewinds um, that we have on the show, mm-hmm. and then Q had Q had this great idea that we would, you know, because they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. We would take our we would take our stats at Dwell Wednesday Rewind. We wanted people to get that feeling that we get when you do it. So so when when uh when when um Straight Outta Compton came out, mm-hmm. Q Man did a Wednesday Rewind on NWA. 
Interesting. Yes, it took, took us from the the beginning with the the original group that Dre was in, and right? How they stumbled on the Ice Cube and what Easy was doing before, and how you know Yeller and then Heller and everybody got together. Really, really right. good show that Q did. Oh man, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, and not, wonderful. <laughs> not to be not to be out not to be outdone. As we got closer to October, I did a Wednesday rewind on the Atlanta R&B group Escape. Oh wow! Sure did. Mm. Sure did. Mm. Wow! So, yeah, we you guys we, we did our well. part. <laughs> yeah, we, we think we wanted we wanted people like to when you came back to like not just this is just somebody they excited about, but at least have an idea mm-hmm. of what you do, and so that now I'm seeing names in the chat room I haven't seen before. I'm seeing phone numbers that that I haven't seen before just because mm-hmm. we said it was the Wednesday rewind. So I think we accomplished our mission. Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Congrats to both of you. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yes, indeed. Two of my favorite cool. groups, by the way, you know, as far as the late 80s into the 90s uh, decade, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day of my clubbing years. <laughs> 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 you know, so, yeah, wow. That is wonderful. Yeah, so you We're excited to have you back. Yes, sir. Well, it's excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really, you know, I, like I said, I've, I've I've missed the show and I've missed uh, you guys, you know, and collaborating with you guys on the history and everything, and you know, so it's good to be back. All right, well, you know, nice little trip down memory lane. So let's uh, go ahead and do what we came here to do: uh, spotlighting Wilson Pickett tonight. The Wicked Pickett. Mm-hmm. Yep, the one annoying Wicked Pickett. One of the greatest soul singers, R&B pop singers of our generation, of our time. Um, it's, it's so much you could say about Wilson Pickett, you know, by his name alone. And then, you know, there's, I feel like his nickname, Wicked Pickett, you know, which fits to, a, you know, like a hand in the glove. You know, there's, you know, some for his reputation of being a bad boy. And then there's some, you know, his reputation of being one of the greatest singers of all time. You know, he put so much of his stamina in his music and his voice, very gospel and raspy. And, you know, he screams notes, you know, and he's like one of the odd artists in R&B to scream notes. You know, not like not putting James Brown, my idol, or anybody like that down, musical idol rather, down anything. I'm not, you know, but it's just the fact that Wilson Pickett distinguished as far as like um, singing styles. You know, if you really listen to him scream, he's screaming notes. You know, he can scream scales. He, that's how great he was. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he, he just was fantastic. I got to see him at the Apollo as a kid, and he puts on a great show. You know, he had the Midnight Movers, his own band, and which he named after one of his songs, I'm a Midnight Mover. And um, and the, the, the showmanship was just fantastic. You know, uh, Wilson, you, he had a presence on stage. So it was no doubt about it that the wicked picket did his job, and so forth. Now, obviously, you know, for me and my generation, we, we we know the name. We are mm-hmm. somewhat unfamiliar with the music. I am somewhat familiar with, with Mr. Pickett. I do know that you know he started in um in church, which I'm pretty sure anybody that really listens to the voice can tell that's a, mm-hmm. that's a you can hear it. gospel voice. <laughs> yeah. 
there. And I know that I think one of the things that was like most intriguing um, to me when when I first started researching a little bit was that the majority of um, the artists that we've spotlighted or that we've talked about, I don't necessarily want to say they that their lives came to a tragic end, but it, it always seemed that it was before necessarily that time and they didn't get to really leave an indelible mark mm-hmm. on the industry or at least, you know, we had those conversations. But mm-hmm. I know that for some of the listeners that are listening now, at least I just got a message, you know, Mr. Pickett is was born in the 40s but mm-hmm. didn't leave us until maybe about less than ten years ago. So like oh, yeah. a very, very long time that that Wilson was around and able to be an influence. Absolutely. Absolutely. He um you know, man, if he died a year of oh, women now, I think he died the same year James Brown died, you know, uh mm-hmm. which will be uh next year will be t- in two thousand sixteen will be ten years James Brown's been dead. So they died the same mm-hmm. year. You know, uh, Wilson had died in January, and, and of course, um, James Brown died in, on December 25th of 2006. So, you know, two great artists, you know, died. You know, two of my heroes in music have died the same year. So yeah, yeah, he's he not long left us. You know, uh, going on right now, in 2015, we're recording this. 15 years, you know, and so um, time does. I mean, 10 years. I'm sorry, um, almost nine years. Excuse me. So, um, you know, time does fly, you know, and not so long ago, but it's it, it, it's flying. So, but yeah, he did get his start in the church. He was in a group called the Violineers, and they used to travel with great gospel groups, you know, like the uh, Swan, uh, Silvertones, and uh, the, the Soulsters, which Sam Cooke was in at the time when he was getting ready to leave um, and get into secular music, leave gospel and get into secular, you know, for economic reasons, of course. And um, right. and then afterwards, you know, there was a, uh, Wilson, you know, did the same thing. He got out uh, and got into secular music because that's where the money was. And that's where, you know, it was a new music arriving, R&B, you know, soul. And um, taken from the church and getting into the R&B, that's why we name it soul, because that's where it came from. So anyway, he did join with the Falcons. And with the Falcons... Um, it was a, it was a couple of guys in there, uh, Sir Mac Rice, who became uh, who t- two of the uh, three of the artists, Wilson, Eddie Floyd, who did the original Knock on Wood, in Stacks, and uh, Sir Mike Rice, who did Mustang Sally. He did the original Mustang Sally that Wilson Pickett recorded a year later in '66. So um, <clears throat> they all went to Stacks Records. And Sir Mac Rice is the one that wrote Cheaper to Keeper for Johnny Taylor. And um, Eddie Floyd, of course, became a great stack singer. With, like I said, Knock on Wood, which, of course, everyone knows probably the disco version by Amy Stewart in 78. And um, so the three of them were in the Falcons. Now, the first record you heard was I Found the Love. That was the first record Wilson Pickett did with them. Backed by the Ohio uh, Untouchables, who later became the Ohio Players. So the Ohio Players is backing up Wilson Pickett on the on his first record. Wow. Yep. And so you know, and then of course he got with um, uh, Lloyd Price's Double L label in around '62-'63, and uh, recorded if you know if you need me. That was one of his one of his hits that could have been a hit. But what happened was 
he got with Jerry Wessler, who was an A&R man at Atlantic Records, who's legendary for coining the phrase rhythm and blues when he worked as um, a writer for Billboard in the 50s because our music back then was called race music. So Jerry Wexler hated that term, which I hate that term too. So he said, let's call it rhythm and blues. And that's when he started writing articles and and they started having chart, you know, with rhythm and blues charts or whatever. And he was called race music, you know. So um, he dubbed it. And when Atlantic Records was, you know, had been founded, Around 1947, uh, Jerry Wexler had joined Ahmad Antigone, who was the founder of Atlanta Records. So anyway, so fast forward up, he got with Wilson Pickett, and they bought his masters from Lloyd Price. Lloyd Price is the guy that made Stagger Lee and Personality. You got Personality. That's the the most Mm. famous record, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so they bought the masters, and another singer that was on the label named Solomon Burke, you might have heard of him, um, Recorded Wilson Pickett's If You Need Me And became it became a huge hit for him And Wilson was very hurt by that So then, you know He went to Wrestler and said Hey man, this is over You can't just give my record to somebody else This is my record, you know And Wilson was very voiceable When it came to, you know, voicing his opinion He didn't play You know, he was straightforward And he was nobody to mess with You know what I mean So uh, he was definitely nobody to mess with so anyway, um, he recorded a few sides for Atlantic, and then after this, it made a few dents or whatever, he decided to go to Stax Records because Stax at the time was, you know, a fledging company. And it was building up from the ground, and he had Otis Redding, of course, you know, Carla Thomas, Bugatini MGs, and, you know, and people like that. And Otis was really, you know, making a mark in that label, even though he was mm-hmm. Stax Vault, but he was on the Vault label. But anyway... He took uh, Wilson down there, and Wilson got with Steve Cropper, the guitarist with Booker T and MGs. Uh, if you know the Blues Brothers, he was in that movie also, him and Duck Dunn. Okay. Uh, he was the guitarist. <clears throat> Steve Cropper was a writer. And so him and Steve, well, Wilson and Steve was in the Lorraine Motel. This is the same motel that Dr. Martin Luther King was killed in, killed, you know, mm. in 68. As a matter of fact... <laughs> I think they were in the same room 306 where wow. Dr. King, you know, was was staying in 68. And they wrote, you know, they wrote some songs and everything. And then they came up with the idea. See, Wilson had this thing on stage where he would say, in the midnight hour, I'm going to meet my sweet Jesus in the midnight hour. And he kept putting this midnight hour, midnight hour thing in the shows live. So <clears throat> Steve Cropper said, man, this is kind of like an ID for this guy. So let's, you know, work on that. So they came up with In the Midnight Hour, went to Stacks the next day, <laughs> and got in the studio. Booger T and MGs were the session players for all the Stacks records at the time. So they couldn't come up with anything, you know, in the studio. They just was blank. So Jerry Wexler was in the studio, and he said, there's a dance up in New York. And I mind you, this is May 12, 1965. This is like 50 years ago. So they're in the studio, and then Jerry Wessler said, there's a dance that these kids in New York are doing called the jerk. Let me demonstrate. He started demonstrating the jerk. Of course, he was awkward <laughs> when he did it. <laughs> but um, he's dancing around the studio. He's snapping his fingers and everything, and they're, like, kind of laughing. But 
Al Jackson Jr., who was the drummer for Booker T and MGs, was an, was an ingenious drummer, one of the greatest in the world. He said, okay, wait a minute, I can say I work with that. He came up with this new 5-4 backbeat, delayed beat, where you hear boom, pop, boom, pop, and where you hear the midnight hour. That record started the Stax uh, signature sound. After that, Stax had changed their signature sound for every recording artist, even Otis Redding. So, Midnight Hour was Wilson's first hit, gold record, Grammy nominated in the R&B field, which, you know, in the Grammys was totally, they hated R&B music. They hated soul right. music, they hated R&B music, the Grammys hated it, the people hated it. But it was so powerful, it crossed over, they had nominated, you know, for a Grammy. So yeah, Midnight Hour was his first big hit, and the rest is history. As they say, I know my mom's in the Midnight Hour was one of my mom's. Well, my grandmother's definitely was my mom. One of my mom's favorite songs too. Mm. What about you, Q? Man, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Don't even ask me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even in this one, man. <laughs> You just, you just learning as well, like the rest of us. Yeah, I didn't want to admit it, but yes. Anyway, <laughs> so what, 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 what came after Stacks, Mike? Well, after Stacks, um, he recorded a few couple of sides, but it was a fallout between Jerry Wexler and the uh, owner Jim Stewart, who uh, founder of Stacks, along with his sister uh, Estelle Axton. And uh, what happened was. Um, there was some kind of agreement that they supposed to have made. It was a handshake, and, Jer- and uh, Jim Stewart had trusted him. But it was some kind of, you know, they had some kind of falling out, you know, paying the money. And then Wessel said, "Well, okay, we'll leave." So he left Stacks, took Wilson with him. There was another studio in Alabama called Muscle Schultz, and that's the Fame Studios run by Rick Hall. So, you know, he took Wilson down there. He met the guys, the Muscle Shorts players, all white. And the next thing you know, Wilson charts again, you know, with um, a phone number with, by, written by Eddie Floyd called 6345789. And, you know, it's funny because, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Six, three, that was recorded at Stax. It's a funny story with that, too, because... When he was in the studio at Stax recording that song, written by Eddie Floyd and Steve Cropper, Wilson and him and Eddie used to always get into it, fist fight, while they was in the Falcons. So they knew each other. So Wilson was always ready to throw Dukes up anyway. He looks at the song and says, man, this is a stupid song. I don't like this song. So him and Eddie are tussling and tussling on the ground, making Steve Cropper nervous. Then the next thing you know, he gets up. He, he said, man, you know I love that song. And he gets up and records the song. In the studio Now Singing background If you guys heard the song These ladies singing background That was Patti mm-hmm. LeBell and the Bluebells Singing background To that song And you hear Patti's voice In the end of the record When she hits this high note And it is fantastic So they got the Bluebells Who just signed with Atlantic Records at that time To do the background vocals I think Patty just turned 20 when she did that background for Wilson on that particular one. But anyway, 
he recorded that song in a few sides, and then he left, went to Muscle Schultz, and recorded Mustang Sally. Um, a remake of Funky Broadway was originally done by Dyke and the Blazers in, in early 67. And Funky Broadway was also nominated a Grammy also. And uh, he just kept having hits after hits. Uh, I'm in Love, which, of course, was played in the, uh, I think it was sampled in the Boondocks cartoon, as a matter of fact. Um, I'm in Love, um, Hey Jude, a remake of the Beatles, which he introduced this great guitarist, white guitarist from the Allman Brothers, uh, Dwayne Allman, who was one of the, he's one of the greatest rock guitarists in the history, you know, of music. And Wilson, you know, like discovered him, you know, not discovered him, but he played on Wilson's records. And Wilson thought he was absolutely fantastic, which I agree with him 100%. So he introduces him, and then the Allman Brothers become famous, as you you know, you guys know the Southern Rock thing. And the rest is history. Then he got with, um, uh, went to Philadelphia, International Record, when they was just coming up. And he recorded with Gamble and Huff, Engine Engine Number 9. And MFSB is backing him up on that one. Don't let the green grass fool you. You know, and uh, another classic, you know, from 71, 70, 71. And his last cut was called Funk Factory, uh, which I didn't include in that because it was just, you know, it would have took up so much room, which is another great song. And he just had hit after hit. I mean, it just was, you know, it just was uh, fantastic, you know. Wow. Now, Q, this is Q. This is where you normally ask, you know, the question you ask Mike every time we spotlight. Tell us some somebody. good stuff for me. Come on. What, what happened? I didn't hear. He said, "Tell us the good stuff." Like, did Mike did did Wilson get in any trouble? Was there any drama? Oh yeah. Movie? Well, Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Wilson was Wilson. You know. I mean, I've had insiders tell me that. Um, yeah, he's gotten into brawls with different people. You know, he was a wicked picket. You know, that's why they. That's one of the reasons why they named him that. Not just for his um, presence on stage and his, you know, his uh, great performance or anything. But yeah, he was. You know, he was a fighter. He was a feisty one. He, you know, I think um, I don't know if it was Steve Cropper or somebody or Rick Hall had um, <laughs> had called him the Black Leopard. He said it's somebody. You know, somebody you look at but you don't touch. You know, that's how dangerous he was. And, you know, good-looking man, you know, had all the ladies, but he was he was something else, you know. And um, as a matter of fact, when Rick Hall went to pick him up uh, to bring him to Fame Studios for the first time to record, Wooster said in the interview that, you know, when he's riding with this, he said he's this tall white man that looks like a sheriff that's six foot five. He's, he's making him a little nervous because he... In the South, it was still all that segregation and racism going on where, you know, uh, blacks and whites just didn't mix. So he see this tall guy look like a sheriff. He's nervous. And he said, now, come on, Wilson, you know, I'm Rick Hall, and we're going to go make some blank, blank records and stuff. So they riding, and Wilson seeing people picking cotton in the cotton patch. He said, is that, is that what I see? That's who – am I seeing what I'm seeing? Is people still picking cotton? He said, yeah, Wilson, they still picking cotton. Come on, man, we're going to go to the studio and make some records, you know, and that's what he did, you know. But as far as the juicy stuff, um, 
Well, there was a famous story with him and the Isley brothers when they went hunting upstate. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, um, well, I understand that he shot one of the Isley brothers with one of his <laughs> gun. And um, they shot him back. And it was what? a big brawl. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's a famous story where they, you know, he had a he had a brawl with the Osley brothers. And they wouldn't have to play with neither, you know, uh, Kelly and Rudolph. You know, they were the tough big dudes, you know, that hmm. you just did not mess with. They, these were like guys like the mafia, you know, hmm. great singers, great songwriters, great entertainers. But they were no, they, they, you didn't mess with these guys. So Wilson was just crazy. You know, and and um, he shot them, and they shot him, and you know, uh, it was just, it was just, you know, it just was a mess. And um, yeah, he's he's gotten into brawls with people, and you know, and, and he, you know, but yeah, yeah, was uh, he was the wicked picket. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, you know. And then one time um, later on in the eighties, he had. Um, he uh, got into a fight with uh, one of the, uh, the mayor of Inglewood, where he was staying at, and he ran his car up on his his lawn and had a double barrel shotgun, you know, threatening him and telling him what he would do and this and that, you know. Yeah. And he was he was charged, you know, he was he was charged, of course. He assaulted his girlfriend who he was dating at the time, and you know, it was just it's just so many things he, he you know. He struck a pedestrian, eighty eighty six year old pedestrian in Inglewood. You know, um, it, it, it's just it's just a lot of it's a lot of things. With, I mean, uh, Wilson did, you know, but he he was who he was, you know. But in spite of all of that, he was featured in the Blues Brothers second movie. You know, where he sang six three four five seven eight nine. Um, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know. And, um, you know, and, and, and some of the people have recorded his music, you know. A lot of rock groups and people recorded his music, and, you know. And then, of course, he went to Guyana, and he was in a movie called Soul to Soul. And um, that was a popular movie in 71. That's when he went out to Guyana and performed there and tore it up because the crowd just loved it, you know. It's an album called Soul to Soul. And, as a matter of fact, I advise everyone to get that because it has the five stair steps so in there. Uh, Eddie Harris and Les McCann, uh, nice. Les McCann, yeah, and um, different people on there. It's on DVD, and I advise everyone to really get that if you really want to hear the soul experience of in its prime in in the early seventies in another country, another you know another continent where they was accepting soul music, and that's how powerful it was, and it went <clears throat> overseas, you know, in the continents in the, in Africa. Where it originally came from, you know, where it originally came from, mm-hmm. our ancestors, you know, that's where soul came from, that's where our dancing came from, that's where all the dances in the 60s, all of that came from, you know, West Africa, it all originated oh. from there, so check I out soul, so. yeah, the boogaloo originally... The boogaloo, shingling, all the, the the dances of the '60s, '70s, the the breakdown. You watch the people in West Africa and how they dance. All their all that originated from there, and it came here, and it crossed over here. You know, it, it was a transatlantic thing where it came over here, and you know, we copied it, we accepted it, and even in the '60s, 
we were doing things like the African twist and things like dances like that, you know, representing the continent and its people hmm. and, and its origins and everything. So, yes, all of that originated from West Africa. Wow. Always wow. teach me something new for me. <laughs> so, a lot of rock and roll fans, I, I went and looked um, looked up uh, just some of the, the, the artists that have recorded some of the songs mm-hmm. written by Wilson Pickett, just so they can get a sense, like, like these are rock artists whose names you've heard of, mm-hmm. and, and not just low level, so... Even Q, you have to have heard these names. So we got Led Zeppelin, mm. Van Halen, mm-hmm. wow, the, the Rolling Stones, Arrow, The Grateful Dead, Hootie and the Blowfish, Bruce Springsteen. Like these are 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 iconic names in their own right that yeah. Wilson wrote songs for. Mhm. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I never knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He um. He you know when it came to song he was very gifted. You know he was very very gifted and had an acute sense of what notes and you know lyric interpretation and everything. He was very very he was great at that. You know. So, besides the bad boy stuff, Wilson was a very talented and gifted artist. You know, he was a very gifted artist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all the accolades and tributes to him is well-deserved. Because he definitely deserves them. You know, um, there's a day that goes by, I have Wilson Pickett on my iPod. All of his music. And mm-hmm. so, you know... I know one of you is going to ask me what's my favorite. All of them. You knew it was coming. <laughs> you already know. Yep. Well, I can pick a few. I can say, <clears throat> I definitely would say Mustang Sally. Uh, I was crazy about that. Uh, the six three four five seven eight nine. you know, especially with Patty and the Blue Bells on the background. Uh, Midnight Mover. I remember that played here a lot here in New York on a station here called WWRL AM. That's where soul music was at its prime. And um, green, don't let the green grass fool you. I love that one, and um, definitely engine, engine number nine because MFSB, you know, um, that backed up Teddy Pendergrass and all of them, you know, the second great session players, backed mm-hmm. them up on that one. Um, I would definitely have to say another one, uh, Soul Dance number three, which I didn't include, which was Jerry Wexler's favorite. You know, where Wilson counts up all the dances of the 60s at the time because it was released in 67. So the Boogaloo and Shingling was like the two number one dances, you know, that everybody, black and white kids, were doing, you know, and it became so famous. And, um, yeah, those, those are a few I could mention. And he did a song, uh, matter of fact, he did a Jimi Hendrix song called Hey Joe. And you hear Dwayne Allman play guitar, fantastic, fantastic solo. On that song So yeah And he does a version of Supremes too Called You Keep Me Hanging On That's a great version that Vanilla Fudge um, Our psychedelic white group did in 68 Wilson came back in late 69 And remade it into a soul version And he does a fantastic version I don't know if you guys know this song Called Abraham, Martin and John By uh, um, another great pop singer named Dion And it's about Abraham Lincoln 
Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy, who's you know was not included in the title. But Wilson Pickett took that and did a version of Cook Ridding and and, and um, I think it's uh, Cole Cook and Ridding. Mm-hmm. You know, tributing to Nat King Cole, Otis Redding, and Sam Cooke, which the comedian Moms Mabley did a year before, and Wilson recorded that. And he also did a pop version, a bubblegum song called Sugar Sugar. And that's by the Archies, the cartoon people, you know, that did that oh. popular cut in 69. So Wilson did a soul version of that, too. He was good for doing remakes, by the way, and did a fantastic job of doing remakes. Uh, Funky Broadway was one Mustang Sally of course And uh, you know So yeah Yeah let's look at him over there He don't even know what to say Yeah man Good stuff You know I always always, I mean I knew him somewhat You know you knew the name and all but I didn't have This kind of know how Yeah, he was he was just, you know, he, he should be known, you know, because you know his music is, is being played in commercials and you see in uh, in uh, a lot of movie trailers, you know, and um, movies, television, you know, they do play Wilson Pickett, but it's just the fact that people, you know, the generation of now don't know who he is, but like you said, your grandmother or your mother would definitely know who Wilson Pickett is if you ask them. They could tell you who he is, you know, and, and the songs or whatever. They may play it. But, um, yeah, he's just um, one of those iconic R&B artists that should be definitely uh, acknowledged to the max. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, I mean, I, I, mean, I love him. I love, I love Wilson Pickett. He's like one of the, you know, he's like to me next to James Brown. As one of the great soul shouters of all time, mm-hmm. too, you know. So he puts feeling, he puts, um, he puts so he gives so much of his all to his songs. He really does, and um, you feel it. There's no way you can listen to a Wilson Pickett record and not feel the fever in it. You can't feel. You have to feel the gospel, because that's where he's originally from, and that's what he portrays. That's what he. He colors in his music In his vocals When he vocalizes And he, he screams notes You feel the gospel There's no way you can't feel it If you can't then you have no soul You know what I mean You just don't have no soul You know So And You gotta have soul Somewhere in there <laughs> Yeah right You did it again Bodie. Oh, well, thank you. Right thank back you. to it, man. Thank you. Like, like you never left. That's what I'm hearing say. Like you never left. Oh, what a nice <laughs> thing to say. What a beautiful <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> no, thanks, fellas. I appreciate that. I really do. Well, all right. Well, you was trying yeah. to find his words. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Q. Yeah, man. I was going to say, once again, Booney has educated the listeners. On, a, on someone else I hope they drank That knowledge That the Chancellor was pouring And um Hey man Thanks for coming back man We look forward to 
what you're going to do next time. Well, thank you for having me back. You know, like I said earlier, it's great to be back with you guys and the listeners. And um, what can I say? You know, pleasure. Pleasure to be back. I had fun again tonight, you know, with you too, as always. Always have fun. Mm-hmm. And thank you for welcoming me back. Welcome, welcoming me back. Excuse me. Of course. All right, Boney. Well, we're going to let you... Uh... Let you continue on with your evening. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to close yeah. out. We'll talk to you we'll in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. That's right. Well, you gentlemen have a blessed evening. And to our listeners, you know, thanks for joining. And have bless, a blessed, safe evening, please, you know. And um, I bid you all good night. All right. Good night, mate. All right. You too, Jim. Take care. Well, team, that was good. Another one, man. Absolutely. I really learned something about three. Yeah, you know that doesn't happen often. That that was good stuff. I really learned something tonight, man. Well, why don't why don't you give the people a little bit more to take home tonight? Let's get a little QT with you, man. (laughs) Well, today we learned that Joe Biden will not run for president. And while this bothered some people, and some people it didn't, there is a realization now that we may be on the verge of having our first female president. It's all falling in line with the TV show 24 that first had a black president, and then Obama got elected, and then they had a female president. So... That being said, with Joe Biden out, there's really nobody else to vote for from the Democratic side. I know we don't do this stuff here, but let's be realistic. If Trump is representing the Republicans, you know the Democrats are going to win again. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. None of us want Donald I mean, Donald Trump, the Republicans, should be embarrassed. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just my opinion, but I think that's embarrassing. So mm-hmm. prepare, everyone. We are on the verge of having a female president. Get used to it, because it is clearly going to happen now that Joe Biden is not going to run. What do you think, D. Mitch? I know we don't like to discuss um, politics. I did make a comment um, on last week's show that I think Bernie would be a great option if I truly believe that Bernie could could just be Democrat and it just sounds like it's too much of a socialist which is not a bad thing there's just too much mm-hmm. of a socialist living inside of him and that, mm-hmm. I think that ultimately hurts him he's very good with mm-hmm. words like, like Obama, he has very good policies and he actually says what a lot of people want to hear but that mm-hmm. need on that line can't do it so I agree with everything you said. Before we get out of here, I want to take the time to, um, you know, once upon a time, I had a radio show I was doing on my own. Q had a radio show that he was doing on his own. And we always made sure to look out for each other. Um, I would always promote what Q was doing. He would promote what I was doing. We even had this crazy idea one night that we would be each other's guests. On the show, Anderson, at the show, I called into his show and did a segment, and when that segment was over, we stayed on the line, and he was a guest on Are You Keeping It Real? 
I'm, I bring right. that up because, yeah, I just look at him remembering. I bring that up <laughs> because um, a lot of the time, you know, we get told that it's not necessarily what you know, it's who you know. And Q and I have this platform and we're able to do what we do because someone gave us an opportunity and a lot like in music new artists are brought on and they're brought on with the blessing or the co-signing of an artist that's already established um, so I'm not trying to cue and myself horn but there is a new blog talk radio show that is going to be starting and these two young women who are going to be starting this show are fans and life I would say life they've been fans for about a couple of years of the Neo Soul show and have asked for our blessing, for lack of a better word, in in doing their show. So this, I guess you could say, is the blessing. Um, there's Lady Cardiac and Mel, and they are the host of Soulful Seduction, which is going to be on Friday night. And I guess you could say that you're going to get brash talk radio about adult conversation and music so I guess uh, you get a more crazier side of uh, the Q-Man and T-Mitch um, we are we are incredibly humbled um, by the sheer the sheer idea that someone who's been listening to us decided to take up their own show and mm-hmm. do something similar to what we do and in, in, in reality we don't do this for money we don't do this for promotion we don't get checks we we really do this because we enjoy doing it so to know that we've been able to reach and touch somebody with the programming that we put together and the artists that we means a lot so if it's a blessing that you need I think I'm not going to speak for Q but I think Q agrees with me the blessing you, you have yes so Friday I do not have the time yet, but I will get back to you guys let you guys know the time. Again, it's called Soulful Seduction. I do believe you can find them on Facebook right now, facebook.com slash Soulful Seduction. I do think there's a Twitter coming up. And um, Q and I have been asked in our free time to pop in on the show. Have not made any <laughs> commitment to do that. Just still kind of taking this all in. Um, it really means a lot. But wanted to make sure that they they saw that we recognized what they were doing and that we um we support it and we'll be um listening as well. Um, that's all I got here. Sounds great, man. Chancellor was back, put it down as usual, taught us something. And T Mitch held it down tonight without MJ. That's right, without <laughs> MJ he turned into Scotty Pippen in ninety seven when MJ yes, was sir. playing baseball. And that's yes, what I'm sir. talking about. Men Man, <laughs> she will kill you for that, yo. Shout, shout out to MJ studying for her midterm. Shout out to every college student studying for midterms right now, man. Get us out of here. For T. Mitch and myself, we will be back next week when we will try to do better. T. Mitch did everything tonight with one hand because he's a man. <laughs> we'll be back next week, folks. Check out xtdl.com. Until then, we are out of here. Yo, good night, everybody. <laughs>